0: Around the NFL Podcast.
1: Not allowed in OnlyFans due to HR. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hans. I come to you from a virtual room filled with some heroes. Greg Rosenthal. And oh yeah, she's back with the promise that she didn't have to do any homework to be on today's show. <laughs> it is the immortal Connie Fox, Colleen Wolf. How you doing, Connie?
2: I'm great. This is way better than last time, uh, though I still have the splint on my finger, so it's really difficult oh, to type. No. And uh, the landscapers just showed up to mow the lawn, so the dogs are freaking out. <laughs> but other than that, like, we're good.
3: Yeah, the sound's got some issues. You might be the first guest we actually kick off uh, <laughs> David, during really? the show. A I mean, and pressure. I and I know you did homework anyways. You said, you know, you, you you just find homework to do. So I think it's something that you like to do. Let's
2: well, do listen, if you're going to kick me off, like, you don't have to. I'll just leave if you want. I'll pull you.
1: Colleen, <laughs> not being paid for today's program. <laughs> Important to keep that in mind. Uh, Connie, so it is. It is indeed a fractured finger from the past from Kurt Warner. Did you get anything beyond a cursory like... LOL, whoops, a tweet from Warner or even a a sliding into the DMs, not good enough. It's got to be a phone call and even an offer to help out in some way, financially or otherwise. uh, Take us through it.
2: He texted me and said, Hey, at least it's a good story. So I have to wear a splint now for six to eight weeks, which means I'll be doing Thursday night football with a splint on my finger. And part of me, part of me is considering like, maybe I should just take this off and have a crooked finger the rest of my life. It would be like a hook pinky, basically. Oh, no, don't do that. Do so, that. I don't, but this is really embarrassing, and they're gonna give me so much heat for it, and also, I keep jamming it on things because it's just like unwieldy mm. a little bit, so it takes the short term
3: pain though of wearing it and the embarrassment versus the long term pain, which is Baldy <laughs> getting asked about his fingers every single hit that he's ever done on any television network ever, including our and ours. True. every single time it's very annoying for and people. also, also like, every, yeah. No, I was just going to say,
1: Baldy's a good sport about it, and he's also a a giant man, offensive lineman, retired. Like, it's part of his whole shtick. Like, you're a TV presenter. You can't have a hook on the end of your hand.
2: (laughs) I don't know. It is it is something that has crossed my mind, uh, but every time I go to the doctor, they, I have to fill out these forms and answer all these questions, and they're like, is this a work-related injury? Did this happen at the workplace? Mm. And I'm like, mm. I mean, it did, technically, but I'm like not going to go there.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, I, I'm not a litigious man, but... I think in terms of just getting your name out there, like the Nirvana baby from the Nevermind album. Yes. Uh, little naked baby swimming towards the dollar bill on the hook just sued the band um, for, I don't know what, child pornography? S- sexual
2: Some- exploitation, I think, right? All right.
1: Yeah. Like, is that – there's no way you launching a lawsuit against Kurt Warner in the NFL – uh, is worse than that. So, I don't know. Just think
3: about it. Like, it's maybe you get a, Yeah, It's, it's in leverage. your pocket. It's in your pocket in the next negotiation. If you need it. Will
2: you guys represent me?
3: Sure. I was in mock no. law for one <laughs> year, two years, I think. Mock law. Okay. Greg, Greg Great. will be your lawyer, and I, I would
1: be in the front row of that courtroom for every day of the trial. Uh, yes, Connie's here. That's awesome. This is a bunker cast. Uh, we have the fantasy, the fantasy extravaganza, how to have the perfect... Uh, Draft um, on Wednesday, and that is an evergreen-type show, obviously, uh, through the draft season, um, barring injuries, and then it becomes completely out of date. But for now, it's still very good. So make sure you check that out. Um, And today we'll be just catching up on the news, since uh, Wednesday's show was pretty self-contained in fantasy world. And just before we get to the news, just a quick update on Mark, because I know everybody loves Mark, and Mark's been out of the picture. He is on the mend he's dealing with uh as i said he has the blood clots that are kind of a issue that pop up every every once and uh again and unfortunately it kind of knocked him out of action but i talked to him yesterday he's getting better and he's uh planning to be back next week so that is the mark Sessler update and i could tell you he is um thankful for all the well wishes he's received uh during his absence get,
3: get snarky well soon, to mark. say there we Greg. miss you mark I know. He and he will listen. I mean I, I know and I think he did listen to Monday's show, so uh he was a big fan of Arif Hassan. <laughs> Thought that was a nice a nice uh voice to add to the mix. Alright, let's do some news.
1: Aye, Steinbrenner being a maniac. He wanted his own nomo, even though Irabu was a far lesser pitcher. <laughs> he got scammed. Alright, that's a little inside baseball, but we have a uh, we have a text <laughs> we have a text chain uh for I think it's ATN Bastardos, uh and we're all on it. And I also have a, a parallel text chain uh that is with a bunch of Yankees fans and I was talking about a pitcher from Yankees past, Hideki Arabu. And um I accidentally sent it to the wrong chain. I sent it to the ATN chain. <laughs> and then Erica, you have some type of Siri thing that led to a funny dictation of it.
2: So it's I have my Siri set to an Irish brogue. So it will read me text messages in a brogue. Uh, I don't know why I did that, but it just sounds a little bit more interesting. And when it read your text in the brogue, it just like it really, I think, just hit a little different. It was nicer. Did you just answer a phone call in the middle of this, Dan?
3: I did, I'm sorry. I'm what, gonna what are go you pick up, I'm on my way to pick up the kids too, so I'll see you guys. My mic is this, all
2: messed up. Like I, know, I don't
3: know. I know. I, 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 enjoy that. I have
1: a wait, there's a Get us out of the bunkers. There's We've a turf guy calling, hang on. <laughs> Hello? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Good. I was just calling uh, it's very now, calling to let you know that I'm on my way. Night will be there closer to that 11 o'clock mark. All right, good. That's good. I That puts me on a tight deadline work-wise, but that means I have to be done by 11 o'clock. Thank you.
3: <laughs> no worries. I'll, I'll make sure I'm there at
1: 11, All right, great. Thanks, man. Thanks,
3: Dan.
2: Bye. Are you See getting me. turf? Is that what's happening?
1: I'm doing some work in the backyard.
3: <laughs> I mean, Victor, speaking of litigious, you know, we're using him without asking. He, You know, if he, if he doesn't want his name and his and his company being mentioned here we, he he could get us in court. I hope yeah, he's a listener. True. All right, let's let's get to it.
1: I do like that you have a lilting Irish brogue dictation device on your phone. It's just Great. Very underrated. I highly recommend it. For Colleen Wolf. <laughs> All right, let's get to it starting with the Jacksonville Jaguars who Oh, what a brave maneuver by head coach and team architect Urban Meyer who said that Trevor Lawrence will be indeed his starting quarterback. In week one, this comes uh, after a summer of madness in which Urban Meyer kept the door open uh, in a mock competition with Gardner Minshew. Uh Here's what Meyer had to say about his decision.
0: We wanted him to earn it, as we do with
1: every position. We felt he has after the last uh, nice performance. was uh, It was good, obviously not great. But we you know, didn't run the ball very well, but... Uh, but I kind of, in my mind, had that as a after the second preseason that we kind of have to, to get someone ready to play in three weeks. I think the Jaguars are doomed. Greg?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still welcoming everyone to uh, my corner of uh, rooting against Urban Meyer for the most part. Uh, I've been doing it all summer. Uh, was was here early, and uh, so far I'm feeling pretty good about this stance. I feel bad because I want Trevor Lawrence to be good. He seems like like a really nice soul and a very fun player to watch and i do worry that he's entering a a doomed situation i i went back and forth with with an unnamed nfl insider about like well actually trevor's like kind of stunk at practice and that's why they were splitting the reps and and i'm like okay well if he's stunk if he's been stinking at practice that's all the more reason why he needs more reps you know who's been even worse than trevor lawrence in these preseason games Gardner Minshew. So mm-hmm. get the get the dude ready. This was all silly, and I just don't want them to ruin uh, Trevor Lawrence with Daryl Bevel and this Jaguars offensive line. I think people might be overreacting a little bit much, but not to the Urban Meyer sideline demeanor. Like, I think he's going to have a really hard time here. Even if they overachieve and, like, win six, seven games, he just seems like he's so tightly wound. I don't know how that's going to transfer <laughs> to his young quarterback.
2: I mean, this is a team that lost 15 straight games to finish last season this is not a quick fix not a quick thing that they can turn around this is a long-term project and both urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence are so used to always winning and always mm. being with successful programs so I'm really interested to see how they react to losing because it's inevitable um, I mean even the even the first string offense when you look at the way that they performed in the preseason three total points in the first half of both of those games so it's not like this team even looks like they're going to make any type of jump but i'm really excited for week one because Good. it's jags texans and i think that's going to be real exciting
1: i mean you couldn't have a better way <laughs> to set the table Uh, if you're Urban Meyer against the worst team in football, most likely. Or
3: or you could look at it the other way, which is, that's a bad L. And at best, I feel like that's a coin flip
1: game. I think you've officially now taken it too far.
3: You don't think in the NFL (laughs) where there's not much separation – between these teams in general, that that's a coin flip game. That's absolutely a coin flip game. So if you lose that game, that doesn't feel good as a as a I, I
1: don't think like the Jaguars should be 18-point favorites or or anything like that. But I, I am wary there is the Urban Meyer pile on, and I am a part of it because I just doomed them at the beginning of this conversation. Uh, but there are, some, there are some signs here that this could go sideways, but it's still also –
3: um, for the Jaguars, a time and their fans of great optimism. Maybe not so much around this, these parts. Yeah, okay, it's I, it's worth pointing out they were missing three of their starting offensive linemen, their best three, you know, for both of those preseason games, and they are back on the field now. You know, one was held out healthy, and the others are are back at practice, and, that, and that's huge. We strive um, for balance on this podcast, and right. there it is! That's right. huge. Uh, but I, I questioned this coaching staff from minute one, not just Bevel, you but did. the defensive coordinator, and I, I just think it could be a learning process with Urban Meyer. Gotcha. And um, CBS
1: Sports' Pete Prisco reports some Jaguars players aren't thrilled about head coach Urban Meyer's coaching style and practice tactics. And speaking of the Jaguars, they placed first-round pick Travis ATN on injured reserve. Oh, she strikes again, that harlot, Liz. Liz Frank. Frank. I hate her. A, She's a, the a worst. true witch. Liz Frank strikes again. It's a serious foot injury. There was hope that it would be a less uh, severe sprain, but it's a tear, surgery necessary. And uh, 22 years old, his rookie season wiped out as he's moved to injured reserve, making him ineligible to return. Colleen, this, this just sucks. I mean, this is Trevor Lawrence is still locked and loaded at number one overall, but ATN was the other part of this offense that everyone was excited about. And it's good news for, I guess, James Robinson fantasy o- owners. But everybody else, bad.
2: Yeah. it's, And, you know, I feel like I came out in this podcast and really just – maybe I'm not being fair to Jags fans at this point but this is really tough to swallow for them and honestly this pick though kind of surprised me when it happened because it was their second first round pick and they already had James Robinson and I know that Urban Meyer wanted to use him at wide receiver and do some type of like Percy Harvin situation like he had before because he was so explosive uh, N. but Urban was I think really upset and he even said so that they he didn't get Kadarius Tony in the draft the wide receiver that the Giants got and so etN kind of found it kind of felt like a panic move a little bit. For me and this this is awful for him just as a player to lose his rookie season um, but James Robinson it'll be it'll be good for him at the running back spot he broke the record for undrafted rookies with over like 1400 yards from scrimmage last year he was really good he was a real surprise um, but it's it's a bummer for the offense in general because having ETN out there would have maybe made things easier for Trevor Lawrence and this offense as a whole to make this ball move
3: right ETN to me, is the perfect like way to look at Urban Meyer's struggles so far. It's not his fault. EtN's never been hurt in his life seriously, so it's, it's terrible luck. And as Dan mentioned, if you get put on IR after all the cuts, which are next Tuesday, they've changed the schedule, then you can be on short-term IR and come back in three weeks. But this this means you're out for the season. Not only did they draft EtN, he was playing as a third-string runner right now because they took Carlos Hyde, Urban Meyer's old buddy mm-hmm. from Ohio State, and it's or, you know, and it's like. I I don't know. He was your third string runner. And the whole like receiver thing, which you mentioned off the top, they like asked Daryl Bevel about that. And they're like, he was just like, yeah, this is the NFL. He's a running back. It's like, you know, they put him out there for about three practices. And it's like, of course he can't compete with actual slot receivers as a true receiver. It doesn't mean you can't split him out and that they weren't going to use him and and that he might have a good career. Who knows? But it was just a strange pick. And I feel, I feel bad for him. You you missed that rookie year. I don't think it'll affect their team much. I mean, their running game should be fine with Robinson and Hyde. In other running back news,
1: we touched on it briefly in the fantasy extravaganza, but we'll hit on it again here. Sony Michelle on the move from the New England Patriots to the Los Angeles Rams, the former first-round pick, taken one pick before Lamar Jackson in 2018, has been sent to Los Angeles in exchange for conditional uh, picks in 2022, 20, fifth- and sixth-round conditional picks. And this is something... Greg that we were kind of edging toward it felt like all through the summer uh, once Cam Akers went down with the Achilles tear that the Rams were going to get a veteran presence in that backfield it's Sony Michelle are you a little surprised that the Pats pulled the plug on Michelle as a former first round pick Damian Harris Harris broke out last year but he's been a guy that struggled to stay on the field you take away some uh, depth there as well
3: no because he's cuz um they're so deep at running back. They really like Ramondre Stevenson who was, who was a 4th round pick. They have this guy JJ Taylor, second time he's been uh on the team uh, undrafted guy from last year who's like 5 foot 3. He's my hero. And they're not uh, picking up his option either. Yeah, they have, right? so you know, they, have they have James White. Yeah. Uh they just have a lot of bodies. And uh Michelle's looked like really good in the preseason. Supposedly had a good camp. So I think it could be a win-win. They they actually changed the trade terms since the time we trade we did the fantasy spectacular the NFL was like, no, you're not. Oh, fantasy extravaganza. You're not allowed to trade <laughs> conditional compensatory picks. The, the The Rams and the Patriots were told by the NFL you can't. So the trade is officially a 2023 fourth round pick and a 2022 what? sixth round pick, which seems a little wow. better for the Patriots. Maybe uh, they had they had some leverage here after the league was like, well, no, what the, you guys were trying to do. How the hell did this happen in the NFL? <laughs> I don't know. It was very com- – when I read the whole thing, it was complicated because basically the Rams were counting on getting this conditional pick that they would give to the Patriots, but they didn't have it yet because you know the, the formula hasn't been set. And the NFL is like, no, you can't do that. Uh, and so, yeah, they're getting two picks for Michelle, which is fine, but let's not overreact. I mean, these are still two picks of guys who will be 50% likely to make the Patriots' team whenever they take it. So let's calm down. Sony Michelle, this... I would not be surprised has a very good year for the Rams and is a factor because it's a it's a run friendly team.
2: Well, they desperately needed someone to spell Daryl Henderson there, and Matt Stafford he's never had a running game, and then he finally comes to LA and Cam Akers goes down, which is such unfortunate timing. So I think bringing in Sony made a lot of sense. Uh, they, he compliments Daryl Henderson really well. And it also obviously makes sense for the Patriots too. We could have told you. I, I feel like even a month ago, you could see that this was going to happen. I I was kind of surprised that it didn't happen sooner. Um, but when it did go down, it just like it just makes sense for both teams.
3: Well, it's because it's Les Snead and Sean McVay were both there in the stadium along with Dan Hansis for one of Dan's favorite games of all time, thirteen to three. The oh. greatest Patriots <laughs> Super Bowl victory of all Brutal. time. Sony Michelle at starting running oh. back. And, you know, finishing a great postseason run. There. I mean, if
1: I were a man of extreme wealth, I would have given a refund to every fan in that building, including Patriots fans. <laughs> Patriots just, fans loved it.
3: They, you just get used it. to good oh.
1: competitive Super Bowls now. Um, so when a real stinker hits you in the face, like a hard mollywop.
3: It's, it's like everyone men does. Bowl. Like, hey, how come football's not how it used to be back when men played? It's like hey, there's there's Super Bowls uh, three through you well, know seventeen for you right there. That's well, how about it, but...
1: Greg? I'll use your own like uh, <laughs> extreme psychology that you try to pull all the time. That says more about you than it says about me. You always
3: bring up that game and how bad it was and no, how know. you know people complain I, about it. It, it is my memorable. favorite. It is my favorite uh, Patriots. <laughs> Super Bowl, though, other than the first one, though. It really is. It really was such great. a Greg take, but it's so cool. So many
2: to choose, start. maybe, from, Greg.
1: Yeah. Um, in other Patriots news, <laughs> Mac Jones has had all week to work uh, with the first team. Cam Newton is now back as of Thursday with the team after his COVID mix up. Uh, it was labeled a misunderstanding, uh, led to him missing multiple practices. Uh, Mac Jones gets 500 plus practice reps. Uh, It was reported by NBC Sports Boston. And Tom Curran, a friend of the show, had this quote, uh, Connie. There's no on-field reason for Cam Newton to ever take a meaningful regular season snap for the Patriots while Mac Jones is upright and able. And thankfully, Connie, uh, Bill Parcells also, um, excuse me, Bill Belichick, as he's known to do, uh, very open with the media on the situation. Let's hear what Bill had to say. Yeah, uh, don't really have anything to add, Dan. You released a statement. I think that covered as thoroughly as as we can without, you know, getting into a you know a lengthy thing. So let's we'll leave it at that. What does to that mean? Newton. I don't know. <laughs> We're referring to Cam Newton's situation, uh, Connie. Uh, do you think it is going to be Mac Jones's job? And if it is, do you think it's because of what happened with Cam Newton and COVID?
2: Well, now, now, if Tom Curran is saying that it's going to be, uh, Mac, then I believe Tom. This whole well, he said time. said it should be. Right. So, but if, but if they're lean, if Tom is leaning that way and now it feels like everything is going in that direction, I've kind of changed my mind on it because I originally thought that Cam for sure would start the season. I don't know. Am I, am I drinking the Kool-Aid now at this point? Is that, are you guys feeling that it's going to be Mac?
3: No, I, I, I match exactly what you said, that I, I really thought it was going to be Cam, that Mac yeah. Jones has probably exceeded expectations. And I do believe, Tom, that anyone that's watched practice every day comes away thinking Mac Jones is already better. And that, <laughs> watching the preseason games, you know, as much as I love Cam and, and want that, like I, I believe it because Mac Jones looks impressive. I also sh- want to point out the history here. Tom Curran had one of the best calls in sports writer history. I'll never forget it. I think he was at the Providence Journal at the time. He he was calling for Tom Brady before 2001. Drew Bledsoe was literally uh, the highest paid quarterback in the NFL at the time. And Tom was calling him a hood ornament that Robert Kraft <laughs> was putting on the front of his car, that contract. And he said Tom Brady was absolutely better and, and would, should have won that job to start 2001. And it was like, And he he was like Tom Brady's boy for the rest of his career for that. And so I don't know if that sort of context matters to me here. I'm sure I bet he's right. And I'm, I'm starting to think it will be Mac Jones week one.
2: I am wondering, though, too, uh, like as someone who's slightly dyslexic, this quarterback uh, competition has been a problem for me because Mac and Cam are the same spelled backwards. Mm, Is that an anagram or like can someone can one of the listeners tell me what that is? Because an anagram, I think, is when you can rearrange all of the letters. But I feel like there's probably a more specific name. Is
1: it a palindrome?
2: Or is that the one that sounds? I don't know. know. Somebody clear this up for us.
1: Palindrome is a word, phrase or sequence that okay, reads the same backward as forward. It is oh, Okay, great. Palindrome.
2: Amazing. Thanks, Dan. You I should it. have just texted you about this. Shoulda
1: hit me up. Any any palindrome related content? It's <laughs> a so Dan Hansis shout out. <laughs> Thank you, Paul Rudd. In other news, in other quarterback news, Teddy Bridgewater won the Denver Broncos starting quarterback job. We talked about this a little bit on Wednesday, but I wanted to hear from Vic Fangio and then Greg could do his little hype dance again, including a ridiculous tweet that he sent already, out. We could talk it. about, let's listen to Vic Fangio. There wasn't a lot of separation. You know, they both guys had good camps. Um, they both played well. Both had their down moments. Both had their good moments. Thought it was
0: good overall for both of them. Uh, we just made this decision. We think it's for the best for the team right now moving forward. But we have two good quarterbacks, two quarterbacks that we can win with, and uh, unfortunately can't play with two.
1: All right. So here's the Greg Rosenthal tweet sent out yesterday.
3: Was it last night, Greg? No right right when I ha- right when the Teddy news happened. The, right when it happened, or soon after. I will remember who jumped
1: off the bandwagon when Teddy is starting a divisional round game in January.
3: Do you want to put, good sir, a sandwich on it? Ooh. I mean, not on them making the divisional round. Do you know what the odds so are why, tweet for that it. right now? Because I'd still gonna you know, I still believe it, but I'm not taking I'm not taking these bad odds. It's like give me what? that's like a five to one odds right now, three to but one. You can't you send out that tweet. And then mm-hmm. if I ask you to back it up with a
1: sandwich wager and you won't take the sandwich wager, we don't even trade the damn sandwiches. Uh, I do.
3: I, I, he I, takes I get it very seriously, out. clearly. How much
1: conviction? how much conviction can you really have in
3: that tweet other than like a look at Every, tweet? Everyone, even the people who usually like Teddy Bridgewater jumped so far off the bandwagon by the end of last year and into this year. I, I truly believe this is a great team. And uh, I think they're a Super Bowl team if they had Aaron Rodgers. But I, I think they're a playoff team. With uh, with Teddy Bridgewater, Not, then they got to win a game. They got to win a game. Might have to be a road game with Kansas City in that division. So that 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 could be tough. But I think they can get there. I think I. But truly you tweeted it, it's going to be a home their games, didn't you? I, no, I didn't say a home game. I just said oh, starting round. a divisional round game. Come on, yeah. take the sandwich.
1: Come on, get behind it.
2: Do it, peer pressure. Come on, bro.
1: He's not <laughs> going to do it just is, because is, of yeah, that. Yeah, now. Yeah, now. I,
2: I, lo- I love I hearing Greg <laughs> talk about Teddy. Like, just you have a different Ted glow talk. about you today. Yeah, like you, when you talk <laughs> about Teddy, it's just you have a twinkle in your eyes, Greg.
3: It's good to be a fan. You know, I, I need I need that in my life, <laughs> just unadulterated fandom. Let's ride these Broncos this, this year. <laughs> All right. Hot. Oh, That's, please. Please news. make
1: that a drop. Teddy Bridgewater's <laughs> former teammate in Carolina. Remember, Teddy Bridgewater was in Carolina last year. Wasn't good enough. So they got rid of him. Uh, he is now um, in Denver. But Robbie Anderson still with the Panthers. And Robbie Anderson signed a very team friendly deal in free agency last year and then outperformed that contract. And good on the Carolina Panthers, who went back to the table with Robbie and, pounded out a two year, 29 and a half million contract extension. Uh, So he was entering the final year of his deal. Now he's got some more security, a little more money. And uh, I always liked Robbie Anderson, and I've liked almost everything Joe Douglas has done as GM of the Jets, but I never really understood why he wasn't more aggressive in trying to keep Anderson in the building in Florham Park. The Jets have moved on at wide receiver, and they're in a good place now. But Robbie Anderson is a good receiver, and he's got some swag. I like the way he carries himself, and he's a playmaker. Uh, This is a nice move, I thought, by the Panthers.
2: I love it Undrafted at a temple Robbie Anderson was yeah. It's kind of like It's a win for everyone in Philadelphia Who's ever been counted out So that's everyone in Philadelphia basically But I <laughs> like you, that, That's you
3: too? You, you That's me too yourself, Okay She did the ground yeah. Who counted you out?
2: I once had a boss tell me I wasn't memorable enough to be on TV or on, like, on camera for anything before. Whoa. Like, I've, uh, yeah. I've you should have had Greg Rosenthal as of a boss. Shows. You would have really enjoyed right? that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but I like that... Matt Rule and Robbie Anderson have that history together from Temple and Robbie and Sam Darnold have the history together from, yep. you know, the Jets. Yep. And it's kind of like, when, even when you look at Robbie Anderson's touchdown catches, half of them came from Sam Darnold. So they all have this like nice little thing going on together. And I like that. I like that they're keeping it going.
3: Yeah. And DJ Moore is locked in next year. Fifth year option. Christian McCaffrey's there. A lot of defensive talent. I like Matt Rule. It's like you need an offensive line and a quarterback. That's that's what this season's about, to see if, if they have a quarterback. I don't think they have an offensive line yet, which could be a problem.
1: A little call back
3: to the fantasy extravaganza,
1: Greg. Who would you rather have on your fantasy team in 2021, Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore?
3: Mm. Is it a wash? It's pretty close, pretty yeah. Close. I mean, uh, more just because like, he's a little more consistent week to week, but in terms of just more receptions. But no, not a big difference. I'd rather have Robbie Anderson on my team, though, I think, you know, on a real team. I have to be honest with you, Greg. I was a little...
1: I was, like, crossing my fingers when the big fish, Evan Silva, got all in on Sam Darnold as a sleeper. I was hoping the gloves were going to come off and you guys were going to start sparring. Uh, It didn't quite happen, (laughs) but I I do like that you guys are at opposite ends of the spectrum with Sam Darnold and to see how that all plays out. And I get to sit it out, basically. Uh, Getting out of the Darnold game is really, I think... um, taken um stress levels off me that i didn't need it's on good me for the your health place. yeah that's mm-hmm. the way to put it i couldn't figure out how to say it thank you uh <laughs> connie all right the tennessee titans will be without ryan Tannehill um for a little bit potentially he was placed on the reserve covid list um he was vaccinated um he did speak out to earlier <clears throat> heading into training camp saying that he he felt he was being put upon him uh the need to be vaccinated so he had said earlier in camp that he was in the process of being vaccinated. Um, and if that is the case, if he got the jab, that means he'll be back uh, rather quickly if he's not showing uh, symptoms. And in other COVID news, uh, Greg, a lot of like stuff going on with the bills. I was on Sheck Show, the minus three podcast this week. Uh, and it was great catching up with Dave Damashek and Eddie Spaghetti. And um, he had thrown out a a theory that some of this COVID stuff, and they've had um, a lot of issues there with close contact and obviously Cole Beasley, very outspoken. Um, Is that maybe the fly in the ointment uh, when you try to figure out any way the Bills don't thrive and cruise to a division title? Do you think COVID is an actual issue that could shipwreck that team potentially?
3: No, not them versus any other team. They're, st- they're over ninety percent vaccinated. Almost every team is at this point. It is is really the exception, not the rule. The, the players like Beasley and, Mc- and Isaiah McKenzie, who both talked about getting fined. Twenty five players across the league were fined fourteen thousand dollars and five fourteen thousand five hundred dollars for not wearing their masks. And the the big news here is that if they are fined, to, if they violate that again, then they're suspe- Then they can be suspended. So all, those 25 players, so it's not just Cole Beasley, it's it's players all around the league, are kind of on notice. And I, I think all this COVID stuff is just a reminder. There's no magical difference between right now and week three. So if if Ryan Tannehill's having a breakthrough case of COVID now and is out five days now, like stuff like this is going to keep happening. It's like, I, I don't know if you, like any, any school system, at least LA, like where they're testing all the kids at school, you're not – every single class is going to have one or two kids that have COVID at this point. And so like, even it's the crazy. NFL is just being careful as careful as they can. I don't know. This is just, it's just going to keep popping up. Like, I think that's what this Tannehill and all, all the co- there's a bunch of other starters that are on COVID list right now. Uh, Harold Landry, you know, all around the league.
2: Part of me was really optimistic that things would be quieter with me COVID too. this year, and <laughs> yeah. now it's obviously not the case at all. But it's almost like teams are playing football and they're playing COVID, like ever, like we all are at this point. And it's quieter,
3: but it's yeah. not. It's still gonna get in the way um, for sure. How could I mean, unless like somehow everyone starts. I don't even know if there's a way to be, you know, to to avoid it. I don't know.
2: I mean, if they I know that the Titans started uh their their protocols changed, so they're requiring masking all indoors now regardless of vaccination status, so Maybe there is some type of competitive advantage for teams that have really strict protocols, and we'll see if that maybe pays off. But it's, all, it's almost like this is a whole experiment that nobody really knows what's going to happen from it.
1: Ah, hasn't this been so much fun? I mean, <laughs> hasn't this, these last 18 months, hasn't it just been so great? Oh, uh,
2: it's the gift that keeps on giving.
1: Uh, the gift that gift. keeps on giving Matt Nagy to Bears fans, uh, because Andy Dalton will indeed start week one against the Rams, and, and Andy Dalton will not play in the preseason finale um, because of it. Instead, it'll be Justin Fields, who will start the team's final preseason game against the Titans and uh, he'll be playing with the backups. Greg, uh, where do you come down on all this? How do you feel about it? I know Fields hasn't lit it, uh, he hasn't lit it up here in the preseason. Uh, are you feeling a little more comfortable about the Bears' decision-making here, not to rush Fields, or does this seem silly to you?
3: It seems silly. I, I thought Fields looked better compared to his box score more than any of the rookie quarterbacks last week. I thought he played quite well. If you, if you, if you really watch snap-to-snap, snap, the problem that both him and Andy Dalton have faced supposedly in practice and in the preseason is that their offensive line can't block anyone. Mm-hmm. You can make different arguments. Which, which guy do you want back there in that situation? I, I don't know. I think there's actually an argument that you'd rather have Andy Dalton in that situation because he gets the ball out quicker. That's Justin Fields' you know, biggest bugaboo. But I think it's a, pro- it's, it's a big problem for either one of them. Fields just, to me, looks good enough that I just want just, to just play him. He's going to be playing by week two or three, so why mess around?
2: This is the problem with so many teams that have rookie quarterbacks or young, inexperienced quarterbacks that they usually don't have good offensive lines because they're usually teams Mm -hmm. that are rebuilding. And we mentioned it at the top of the show with Trevor Lawrence. We saw it last year with Joe Burrow. That's the situation now in Chicago. And I don't. I don't know how rookies can progress when they don't have time, especially when the game is so much faster in the NFL. It's a really tough spot for a lot of the young quarterbacks and it's really a rare lucky situation for a rookie to come in to a team that has a decent offensive line. But this has been the plan for the Bears the whole time. They haven't wavered. Dalton played the most preseason drives among projected starting <laughs> quarterbacks the entire, you know, preseason. So you could tell that Ke- He's just the, like, this is what we're doing.
3: The Fields hasn't played with the starters at all. That part of it seems weird to me. Not just in the yeah. games, but in practice. Like, they're not even giving him a chance. It's like, why not? Because he's going to be playing with those guys eventually. So it's just playing. He's also running a ton this, more than he, he did think, in college. He looks so good as a runner. It, it, it's
2: fun. Do you think Matt Nagy just thinks that he has a better shot of keeping his job if they play Andy Dalton?
3: I don't know. They, I Maybe think it's start. like this loyalty thing. <laughs> it's I think, be it's, right? I think <laughs> right. he, I think he thinks that Andy Dalton's going to be better than people think, and I think he feels some sort of strange loyalty, and and that he made a decision, and he's just going to stick to it, even if he changes it after two weeks, which feels like where it's going to go. Well, he's trying to yeah, win, like, right? Like that—that's right.
1: over everything, and whether or not us on the outside or Bears fans that are screaming and booing Andy Dalton in preseason games see it like Nagy has his opinion he's the guy in the big chair and he thinks that dalton's the guy right now and it might be proved proven to be a mistake but guess what bears fans if if he's messed up on this and it turns out justin fields is awesome probably will help toward getting this guy out of town if you don't like him anyway if fields can play it's all gonna work out you know it just might be temporary i think just as like a football fan I think all of us are a little bummed out about Sunday Night Football Week 1 uh, because you wanted to have Justin Fields playing against the Rams here in uh, Hollywood Park, but
3: that's life. You never we'll know. Be, we'll be taping a podcast, and there'll be a live football game, you know, like 100 yards away, if, assuming wild. we're in the studio. That is pretty wild. I don't know
2: why I keep picturing like Matt Nagy and Andy Dalton doing some type of blood brothers pact, like in in The Hangover. Like they go mm. they go out and they I don't know. It just feels like so weird this situation in general.
3: <laughs> I was just imagining suddenly thinking about that Sunday night. What if the Rams? You know they're always looking for extra pop. You know they're they're pretty friendly. What if they built like a a temporary podcast studio that could like be above the field as the game is being played like we're we're like a hundred feet up that don't, like that stadium <laughs> that is gigantic that way too dangerous like we're in the middle of the scoreboard or something like that and they're just like oh up there they're taping the around the NFL podcast and we're so on if some we had, risers
1: like, or something high tension wires how about this yeah. Like the, uh, the Kirk Cousins plexiglass cube that he's going to live in uh, this season. Put us in that. Make it soundproof, of course, but make, poke, poke some holes in that f- to make sure we don't suffocate. And yeah. then you just slide us on the high-tension wire right yeah. over
3: midfield. Yeah, or,
2: yeah, like Lady Gaga. And- even you guys could just be suspended,
3: right? Oh, I mean, maybe it could be during the pregame if you don't want us to be like interrupting. That could be okay. Or during halftime, you would like turn our, the volume up so everyone can hear the podcast. You know, we could, and- we could workshop this. <laughs> We're we all could. in the Lady Gaga diamond cat suits uh, from the, the Super Bowl performance, <laughs> and then we just we just jump off, and then there's a sudden smash cut to like a. To her in real life, be great.
1: Uh, Finally in the news. Oh, yes. The International Series is back for the NFL. There are two games in London. My New York Jets against the Atlanta Falcons and the Miami Dolphins at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, October 10th and October 17th, respectively, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Tickets went on sale this week. And I've been told by a reliable source in this realm that there were 60,000 people uh, in the waiting room when the tickets went on sale. Almost everything uh, gobbled up immediately. But if you were interested in going to see one of the London games, head over to NFL.com or NFL.com slash UK slash London hyphen games. And um, there might be some tickets still available. But that's that's great. That's the one thing Um, those stadiums are always filled. And we've been lucky enough to go twice now. And we're hoping to go again in October. Um, those stadiums are always filled, and it's always a great uh, environment, and uh, it will be again this year.
3: Right, I've I seen crowds there that are better than some Super Bowl crowds. Not that's not an exaggeration.
2: What time is that kickoff, West Coast? Is that like one of the six, 6, m. 30? 6 yes.
3: thirty? Yes, yeah.
2: I'm doing the pregame show for that, so I think I have to get into the studio at like four a.m. or something. So, so tune in, everybody.
1: Two thirty in London, so I guess yeah, six thirty on the left coast. And uh, I think these tickets might actually all be gone now, but uh, it's worth checking out um, if you are um, looking to go and you haven't invested in that yet. Before we go, that's what's happening in the news. And we are trying to get there. We're trying to get there to London. We, we're trying to clear some hurdles, uh, but it's certainly it's it's in play. Before we go, I wanted to share something from Hard Knocks this week. Um, and, Ricky, why don't we play it out um Play it out this way. Um, deep thoughts with Dak Prescott. And I. Have, for some reason, I think, Connie, that you will relate to uh, this extended monologue. Is this that the Dad, Spanx thing? No, that's different. <laughs> that would be very rude for me to say that to you. <laughs> that is not what I'm referring to.
2: <laughs>
1: no, you didn't wear Under Armour uh, to school <laughs> when you were a teenager to, quote, tuck in the chub. <laughs>
2: What? Nope, did not, Ken, confirm
1: <laughs> This is different um, I think you might relate to it Here is Deep Thoughts with Dak Prescott Hit it, Ricky When I was younger, I used to be scared of people in costumes Anybody <laughs> in a costume I'm talking decently old, too Like middle school, I wasn't sure I don't know I just had a f- up head. I used to think that would be the best way to injure or hurt somebody if you wanted to. You think that's that person in the costume? You don't know who that is. He's up to something. That's why I never did anything haunted. I used to tell my mom that's the perfect place to kill somebody. Why would I do that? I told her that. She understood never made me y'all think it's a fake chainsaw you don't know one of them crazy put a blade on that one day that shit is stupid (laughs) till next week heed the call